With more than 60 episodes in the game, KP and PR are still dropping gems. Secrets continues to bring you the hot fire that you have grown to expect. Listeners describe Secrets as the ultimate receipt for motivating the underrepresented employee to be bold in achieving their career aspirations in corporate America. And Season 4 will definitely not disappoint as they deliver secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to get your market value. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, put in that work to reach the top of corporate America. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance in your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to season four. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Secrets. It is the season finale. Ricky, what is going on, my friend? Oh, man. Well, first off, so for for our Secrets family, the key thing got me faded, y'all. So I'm over here about to I'm about to give y'all some of this truth serum. Oh for real Lord, today. have mercy. <laughs> we probably on drink number four. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but man, I'm just really amazed and a bit of shock today, to be honest with you, because not only is this episode number eighty, this is also our season finale for season four of Secrets, mm. the podcast itself. It's crazy. Yeah, man, and. The one thing that our listeners can count on from you and I is that we are going to close out this season with a hot fire topic that you can use and bring to life today. Yeah, we always like to leave you something at the end of every season that you can take action on right now. Yeah. In the moment. And episode 80 is a huge accomplishment for us, my brother. Because, again, we were trying to get to 50. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the original goal. <laughs> we at 50. We were just really trying to have fun. That we're just you having know? fun. We overachieving. And we have been pushing the envelope all season and validating for all y'all out there in our Secrets Village that you are not crazy. It ain't you. It, it ain't is you. not you. And we've had some amazing guests on the show this season. I think about Lisa Bennett when she talked about tune in, tap in, yeah, you yeah. know, turn on. Yeah. Grady Davis that was on the show, Nitty Tarare, uh, Namdi and Joku, who talked about the ecosystem of excellence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just these moments. Aisha Berry, who was, uh, you know, talking, asked the question, who owns your dreams? <laughs> <laughs> right. Just all, priceless. just all these moments. I mean, and this is just the name of a few people yeah. because we had like hot fire guests, you know, on, but we're just talking about a few moments that like raise the bar yes you know here for you being able to challenge the status quo absolutely and each of our guests have been so gracious um so informative and really just vulnerable as they brought us under their tents talking about their leadership journeys and how they got to the top of mm-hmm. corporate america right and some of the stories um that they shared when it came to overcoming biases overcoming poverty, dealing with all these disparities, you know, having mental health challenges, all of that stuff has really struck with me and motivated me. And I know it's motivated us, you know, in terms of just to keep sharing, keep bringing it, yeah, keep doing it. I mean, Keith, I think about it, man, where it's like we have conversations offline here when we're like, damn, I didn't know they was going to say that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, but I think, like, honestly, you know, it's crazy when you think about the sales pitch that we had to use in the first season or two, 
when we were trying to get individuals to participate and share their corporate journeys on the show. Yeah, like, they were hey, scared. They were scared. Like, hey, hey, Everybody was we scared. This, hey, we got this show. Got you know, show. like, hey, it wasn't like Funky Finger Productions. No, not but at it all. Was like, but it was kind of like, hey, we got this show. We want to be able to talk about, like, the leadership journey that you partook in and and what, what it took to kind of get to the next level. We want to talk about, like, your journey to the top. Folks was like... Mm, yeah. I don't know if I want to talk about that. That's right. We're not trying to get you fired. Or yeah, yeah. You know, all the exactly. things. Right? We ain't trying to get you to like give up your seat, okay, right. or anything like that. But I mean, it was just crazy when we're thinking about like what it took for us to get individuals to participate and share in their corporate journeys on the show, right? Yeah. yeah. And we had to dig in deep. Like, I mean, we had to go into like to the to the valleys okay (laughs) to to, just to really be able to um convince people um you know to be able to partake in the show yeah you know to be able to share the stories no doubt you know fast forward though to where we are now we have a number of people who are waiting in the queue to be on the show and even more individuals that are you know that our secrets village is asking us to pursue for future episodes i mean yeah, yeah. we literally we got a list now. we literally are apologizing to people like hey i know you want to be on right now That's okay right. it's gonna be a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> like hey we're gonna get you on next season That's right. this is how we're gonna set it up you know this that and the other but again this is just a humbling you know experience and i will hold a little water because i know keith be like clowning me y'all he's like That's right. can't hold can't, water. Can't keep no secrets <laughs> Ricky can't hold water, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I know that people have talked to us about, you know, some of our, the Secrets Village has talked to us about people who who they would like to see on future episodes. And again, I'm not going to spill the tea on season five, okay? Mm-hmm. Not yet, With the least. topics and the guests, not not willingly, I'm not, not going to say it, okay? <laughs> but but know this, Mohot Fire is on the way. For season five. It is, it is. And it's funny how how we've shifted. Cause you remember season one, it was mostly just us. <laughs> right. Or I right, think we exactly. had like two or three guests on that season. Exactly. Out of 20 episodes. Now it's split. It's almost the opposite. Yeah. It was getting close to it. So that just shows you. And and we love having those guests on spilling, you know, just telling the truth. Yeah. Exactly. Slipping those gems. But you know, PR, one of the things that I'm most proud of from season four is just the topics themselves that we've covered. Yeah. I mean, we came out the gate hot, right? We had that conversation with Alan Stein, and he talked about how underrepresented and underestimated candidates can penetrate the tech industry, right? Yeah. In order to get to the top, because that's all, that's one of the, I mean, that's where the economy is headed. Mm -hmm. That's where we are right now. And we know how horrible the tech industry is when it comes to representation. And so having Alan on to just kind of bust that thing wide open. And that's our boy now. Mm-hmm. You know, we be talking all the time about all kinds of stuff I mean, in terms of making sure people get their coin and get them jobs in the tech industry. And then we had topics like permission to succeed. Oh, my God. I mean, the permission to exceed, like asking for like the the permission to be able to achieve more than what they hired you to do. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And just own your success. Yeah. I mean, but then we had like the topic that we talked about in terms of like the affirmative action myth. Yeah. And remember all that stuff that came up around Katanji 
Ketanji Brown Jackson and her nomination for the Supreme Court. And all these people saying, oh, she only got there because, you know, affirmative action. She had credentials on yeah, top of credentials. Exactly. On top of credentials. Or, or, or other leaders who we, we who we know personally. Right. You know, and who we've been in situations with who said, I don't really believe in the quota you know, system of things or this, that, the other. I mean, but again, these are topics that we addressed, you know, last season Mm -hmm. or this season. And this season. And we talked about the glass cliff opportunities, how women and underrepresented employees are given these whack ass jobs when they get their first leadership opportunities or their second opportunity, their third opportunity. Yeah, almost like you got to sell your soul to the devil to be able to get what you know you deserve. Mm-hmm. Like we joke around about it a little bit, but think about it. When Barack Obama, you know, former president Barack Obama, before he got the nominated to the president, it couldn't have been more jacked up than Ooh, what it was whoo. when he got the president. When he got it, it could. We were in the like the worst depression, yeah, ever since the Great Depression, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he had to come in and clean it up and try and clean it up, <laughs> and got no credit, right, right, for what he did. And one of my personal favorites for the end of the season, I knew it like got people a little hot under the collar. Though <laughs> it was that black on black crime, that lost tribe. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about it, even though we titled it Black on Black Crime, it wasn't just about being black. No, it was about we see the Hispanic community having issues with what side they're going to choose or, you know, how they support the community, Mm -hmm. you know, with the LBTGQ plus community. It goes beyond just black on black. Oh, for sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we talked about how this stuff, like, really, really impacts. I mean, and again, and look, we get the emails that come in where they say, like, damn, KP and PR, y'all. man. Y'all just don't even care. <laughs> y'all, man. Y'all, y'all, just, care. y'all just y'all say just whatever you want to say. Y'all, y'all act like y'all on HBO or Showtime. Y'all just talking about whatever y'all want to talk you about. You know what? That's true, sir. I'm going to do a lot for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And I blame it on Keith. Okay, I blame it on Keith. He, keep, he keeps the drinks plentiful over here for me. So, but look, I think we have established ourselves as brave souls mm-hmm. that are willing to speak on topics that may be taboo yep, or just, you know, issues that need to be heard. They need to be out there. Right. Which brings us to a timely topic that we need to speak on today. Okay. Mm. Since we're like, since we're talking about things, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. And my cup is halfway full. So that means I've already have like... Half courage already there built. There you go. We're only 10 minutes in. Yeah, yeah I didn't have to get this key's fault, y'all. But look, look, KP, have you ever been in a situation where it is, like where, where it was time for you to have like your mid-year discussion with your boss and you were trying to figure out how that conversation was actually going to go and what exactly, you know, were you going to cover Doing that conversation. Well, as the church say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, when somebody say, mm-hmm, y'all, they mm-hmm. like, they hear some other shit going on. That's here. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's a good kickoff because in today's episode, we will discuss the content and structure for having a proactive and productive mid year review. Mm-hmm. We'll provide some receipts on opinions about mid year and overall performance reviews. And we'll close out with a double dose of secrets to end our season on how to set yourself up for your mid year review and how organizations can improve their mid year review performance processes. So, Ricky, let's let's just jump in and just talk about, you know, as you think about a mid year review. How is it structured? What's the anatomy of a good mid-year review? 
Yeah. So, I mean, again, this is not rocket science, you mm-hmm. know, for us as we're thinking about this. So, again, the joy of what Keith and I do is we take the complex and we try to, like, make it simplistic. Yeah. Okay. So, one of the most important items within the structure of a mid-year review is ensuring that goals mm-hmm. or KPIs or, you know, again, though the KPI stands for Key Performance Indicators. And the format for tracking and reporting out, like, progress is established. Yeah, so you that should be established that. at the beginning of yeah, the year. That's, that's, that's right? like the first thing, mm-hmm. you know, there, right? Now, although in theory, establishing goals, you know, i.e. KPIs, and the tracking mechanism sounds easy, like, the reality is, and like, look, Keith, you like, you work in finance, I've been in HR. We've oh, been yeah. doing this show a for long like time. 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the reality is, is that goals and KPIs, I don't care how proactive you try to be, are often truly established and cascaded down from mm-hmm. the top yep. of the organization to the lower levels. Yeah. It's sometimes it's like in Q1, and in most often cases, it's really into Q2. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you already like. Way into yeah, the year, we passed. We passed that. You start and we're trying to stopped. like hold you accountable for stuff that's past that. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get this information until so late into the game, it puts you at a deficit for summarizing and reporting out your results. So like, so to make that simplistic is sometimes you don't get like what the goals and the KPIs are until damn near Q two. Yeah. So you haven't even had a chance to develop a strategic approach. To how you would attack right. that KPI. That's right. How you would tactically execute against that KPI. Mm-hmm. Which means a little bit, you have to be a little bit of a fortune teller. Exactly. At the end of the day and just kind of anticipate, at least for the first quarter, of what's important. Mm-hmm. At least it's going to have to be a follow-on to how the year ended or whatever may be hot in the moment so that you don't get left behind. Or at least you can use that as a basis for creating some of your KPIs Mm -hmm. for the coming year, right? And feedback and performance should occur within a regular cadence of discussion, right? And never be a surprise. I mean, that's the second kind of foundational thing when it comes to these performance reviews. But we know that ain't always the case. Right, right. You shouldn't, like, in the actual performance review, you shouldn't be having raised eyebrows like, huh? Like, what? That's right. Excuse me? Like, you shouldn't, that shouldn't be a surprise. That's all we're saying. Right. Ideally, at least twice a year, managers and staff members should meet one-on-one. Yep. To reflect on the, the manager and staff relationship, realign on expectations, and discuss overall performance, right? This seems easy, right? And this cadence is intended for both the manager to assess staff and staff members to self-evaluate and share feedback with their managers. This is just all about alignment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, how often does it happen? <laughs> However, what really happens is often that mid-year discussions don't take place at all. Right. In most cases, they don't happen. So you just end up getting kind of that one-time feedback that just messes with your mind, prays yeah. with your head. Yeah. I mean, there's no real check-in in terms of like your career performance or tracking and financial aspirations. Like that stuff never really takes shape. Yeah, exactly. And if if I'm only talking to you one time in the year, there is no chance for like alignment or even realignment to yeah. take place if something changes. Because we know how dynamic business is. It changes all the time. So if I'm talking to you one time a year. But think about it, Keith, like in a relationship. Like, 
If you and your significant other or me and my significant other and I find out in the middle of the year that some shit that I did in January made you mad. Right. And now you bringing it up in March or April. I'm like, man, you didn't give me a chance to fix this shit when it happened. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. I can't correct for that. Or or whatever you experienced wasn't my intent. Right. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So again, we're talking about in the moment. In the moment. And now all that shit's locked in cement. Yeah. Because if you messed up in January and can't talk about it till the next January, it's a wrap. Look, I think the next thing for me, though, that, that is important is reporting out your results in the next like reporting out those results like yeah. real time mm-hmm. is the next most important item within the structure and the anatomy of like a mid-year review. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that stuff is keenly, yes, supremely like important, right? Mm-hmm. The results we are referring to would sound something like, hey, you know, I'm currently 50% to plan for revenue and expenses. Which means you're on track. Yeah. If you're at 50% exactly. halfway through the or, year. Or hey, I've hit 40% of my targets for staffing and recruiting. Mm-hmm. Which means, hey, I still got some work to do, but hey, I think I got the I think I got the the basis of the That's foundation right. together mm-hmm. here. Or my department is currently at 30% in achieving market share in new customer base, right? Yeah. So that means like, hey, I'm like one or two conversations away from us, like really knocking this out the park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But those are conversations that need to happen. So again, I can't stress how important it is to have these targets and conversations about progress to date. Like I can't have like stress how important it is to have that ahead of time. If these conversations have not taken place before the mid-year discussion, then there should be some written records of results or progress to date that you've shared with your supervisor with the same content or like the same context. Absolutely. You know, being displayed. Absolutely. Like no surprises. No surprises. On either side. On either side. Yeah, I mean, you know my mantra. Don't let your performance control you. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Control your performance. So mm-hmm. make sure even if the conversation ain't happening, that you got some receipts that show that you're actually doing stuff. And slide it under the door, whatever you got to do to make sure your manager at least see it. Yeah. And, you know, like part of what what you and I, Keith, have talked about all the time is we talk about it's important to talk about your influence or your impact to your function, you know, like or the department that you support. Then it's important to talk about the division that you support. Okay, Mm -hmm. and then it's important to be able to talk about the contribution to the overall enterprise or the organization. Mm -hmm. If you have some of those numbers intact when you have this mid-year discussion, you track it. Yes. You know, and and, in worst case scenarios, you're giving your supervisors some information to be able to go and double check that shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But you don't want to go in that conversation not having your stuff together. Not having your stuff together. You got to be ready. And again, like finally, you know, we talked about making sure your goal's in place. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have a cadence. Make sure that you're talking about what's actually happened at that mid-review. And the most important part of this review is to figure out whether or not what you have been doing up to this point is setting you up for success Mm -hmm. to finish the year off favorably. Or is it time to like change course, course correct? Make sure that the plan will actually help you meet your goals. Because at the end of the day, 
Nobody wants to be unsuccessful. Exactly. And your boss doesn't want you to be unsuccessful, even if they don't talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. So this is the time to course correct, right? This is all about getting your receipts tight so that you can get that bread. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, because we already know your merit increase is tied to what your performance review is going to be. And halfway through the year, the narrative is already kind of set a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. And there shouldn't be a reason within your span of control that stops your paper chase at the end right, of the day. Right. That's going to mess your coin up, mess your pocketbook up. Mm-hmm. But once again, the things that are not in your span of control can impact everything. Yeah. I mean, again, we always, I know, you know, Keith and I try to simplify some things here, but I don't recall you know, a time where I've woken up saying, you know what, but I'm in fifth place today. Let me figure out how I can how I can end up in third place. Like everybody trying to win. You know, everybody absolutely trying to win. So I think at the end of the day, it's important as we talk about, you know, the things that move the needle, you know, with your mid-year review. This is what we're talking about. How do you win? You know, and we're talking about winning ethically. Yeah. We're not talking about stepping on number two to become number one. We're talking about how you win. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, overall, like the impact of when you don't do the things that Keith and I are talking about, it's a huge, right? Like in environments where there is a lack of gender or ethnically diverse talent in leadership positions, meaning there aren't people that look like you or where you see that you can be, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak, there is still a narrative being created regarding your progress, potential, and overall value that starts from the mid-year review. Oh, yeah. You know, because we got like now mid-year review, we're talking six more months to validate what I said was was possible or not obtainable in your review. Well, you know, what Keith just haven't sh- hasn't shown, right. you know, the level of aggressiveness or he hasn't shown the command for the, you know, executive exposure That's or right. the, the finances or right. I don't think he can meet AOP. AOP. He just doesn't have that. Like, so again- or maybe- He's not ruthless enough. Yeah, exactly. But that's the stuff that we talk about in the mid-year discussion. And that's the narrative that then starts to take shape, grow teeth, grow roots, and then starts to permeate and then becomes part of your final review at the end of the year. Oh, totally. Totally. And if you don't understand that and get aligned on that mid-year, it's a wrap. Yeah, absolutely. It's a wrap. And as I think about this, the moral to the story to this whole thing around the mid-year review, that review at the mid-year is critical to your overall success because mm-hmm. that narrative that's being created, if it's good, it's probably going to stay good. And if it's bad, it's probably going to stay bad unless you find some ways to course correct. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. At the end of the day. Course correct in a way that benefits the, the majority. Absolutely. And so if we're not proactive with achieving and communicating our progress, then we are just as guilty as to why we fail to realize our career aspirations at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this, man. You can't go be be mad and talk about the man and what they did or what they didn't do or the majority. If, again, which all we try to do is give you the information, you process it, do whatever you do with it. That's right. You know, at the end of the day. That's right. But- This is the part of the show where we talk about the receipts, Mm -hmm. okay? And the receipts means we're not just coming up with, like, topics for discussion out of the blue. Right. Okay, we're coming up with topics of discussion that have some merit, you know, have some validity, 
you know, to them. So, Keith, if you can, just let's maybe we talk about these receipts here because I just have a strong suspicion that people think Keith and Ricky just making this shit up. You know, we don't make stuff up here. <laughs> right. we, we 80 episodes in. <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah, make stuff exactly. up. Exactly. We got 80 episodes of facts. Of facts. You know, like, you know, when, when you talk to young folks now, they'd be like, facts. That's right. Facts. That's what we're talking about. That's we, right. we say something, then I have a young person. I have my niece and my nephew say, Uncle, that's facts. That's right. <laughs> and 80 episodes in, we didn't share it about 300 and something. Yeah. In terms of receipts. So let me start our receipt number one. According to Inside HR, 50% of employees were surprised with their performance rating. Mm. And out of those, 87% were negatively surprised. And because of the negative surprise, these employees displayed a 23% drop in engagement. And on the flip side, Sherm reported that 67% of, of performance management systems failed to recognize high performers. And only 51% of HR professionals believe that their organization performance reviews are an accurate evaluation of their employees' work. So you damned either way, right? If you're a good performer... It's not getting recognized. And if you're a poor performer, you finding out at the last damn minute and surprised about it. But we talked about this, like performance should not be a doggone surprise. Shouldn't be. And the minute that you get, I mean, can you, like, first off, I mean, it's cool if you're getting a surprise birthday party or something, somebody recognizes it. But when you get some surprise shit, when it's like, Keith, you didn't do X. Mm -hmm. Boy, you like, man, hold on a minute. Is, is some fish frying? Cause I'm hot, cause I'm hot like grease. I'm hot like grease, you know, right now, right? So what we're saying is, fifty percent of employees that you talked about were surprised, surprised with their performance rate, meaning they had no idea. No so we're idea. talking about how important it is. Yeah, fifty percent, you A know, surprise, right. and eighty percent of it is negative. Yeah. So, so this is why we're talking about how important it is to do a mid-year review. Even if the shit ain't planned. That's right. You still got to go in there with your third eye on. With your third eye on and be proactive and make sure that you handle that business, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. So, look, receipt number two. And these statistics just show you how screwed up performance reviews can be. Okay? Like... We're doing performance reviews for something other than what really actually takes place. According to QU, 77% of employees and 94% of HR managers think traditional performance reviews are outdated and it may be leading to the great resignation. Okay, this is current data. Yeah, Okay, because we're talking about the great resignation, mm -hmm. right? Trinet points out that 47% of millennials felt that they couldn't do anything right after receiving their performance review. They couldn't do nothing right. It wasn't nothing right. they could do. That's right. You told me what it was, and it was whatever it was that you said it was going to be is what it's going to be. That's right. Okay? 47% of millennials started looking for a different job after receiving their performance review. Mm -hmm. Like, you already think what it's going to be. Let me go ahead and figure out what the, else I can what do, I can do. This right. is my livelihood. It's time for me to This is my livelihood. Walk. This is my livelihood, right? And 74%, 74%, okay, of millennials feel in the dark about their work performance and how they can improve, meaning they're connecting their own dot. Like, they don't, they're not hearing from leadership. That's right. When they're not hearing nothing, you make up your own story. Yeah, you're like, oh, well, I, I guess this means, mm -hmm. you know, in fact, four out of 10 workers are actively disengaged, I should say, when they get 
little to no feedback. Meaning, again, they disengage and like, oh, nobody appreciates me. Mm-hmm. And, well, I guess this means, well, I guess I should just. That's right. You know, it's time to move on. Exactly. Those are extremely important factors you yeah. know, that we consider. Absolutely. And the third receipt, yeah, I mean, you're aware of this, Ricky. But the mid-year and the annual performance review processes are outdated and not valuable. We just talked about a little bit of that, right? Just to pile on, a study by PwC shows that 60% of employees want feedback on a daily or weekly basis. (laughs) Regular cadence. (laughs) Regular cadence. And 45% want feedback from their peers and customers but less than 30% get that kind of 360 perspective, if you will. So people want feedback from all different perspectives, not just from their manager, because that's just one point of view. And according to Office Vibe, 43% of highly engaged employees receive feedback at least once per week, as opposed to 18% of lowly engaged employees. So here's the T. If you're not getting that constant and consistent feedback, some trickery may be in store when you have that mid-year review. And, and Keith tried to keep it like above water when he said trickery, but you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> we're really talking about like that fine print fucker. Okay. Like again, this is like really, really serious, you know, here, right? Look, receipt number four, performance reviews also have a huge impact on employee engagement. Let me drop just a few receipts, you know, from Gallup. The conference board. Forbes and the Bureau of Labor Statistics, right? Like I'm just I'm just giving you a few yeah, things. Just okay few here. Right. So low employee engagement costs companies about five hundred billion each year. Five hundred billion dollars each year. Which is crazy. I can't even imagine that kind of money. Right? I mean, there's a lot of countries whose economies aren't that big. Right. And look, I'm happy being like a thousandaire. Right. Okay. <laughs> We're talking about five hundred billion each year. While companies with highly engaged workforces are 21% more profitable. Mm-hmm. Highly engaged workforce is 21% more Which profitable. Which means you're giving them feedback. Yeah, exactly. Keeping, keeping in the engaged. moment. Mm-hmm. In the moment, right? Moreover, highly engaged business units achieve 59% less turnover. Mm-hmm. And employees who feel heard are 4.6 times more likely to feel empowered to do their best work. All I'm saying is the 4.6 is if you do employee engagement surveys within your organization, this is a common thing that this you is that you, that you measure. That's right. And we're saying 4.6, who wouldn't take that type of increase in engagement? Right. Okay, who wouldn't take it's that? It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. But what we're talking about is there's money attributed Okay, to like employee engagement. And some of these leaders out there, whether they portray themselves to be cutting edge or this, that, and the other, they're not making this a priority. Yeah, not at all. Employee engagement. Employee engagement. And we're talking about this is it, it this this goes directly to company bottom line. Mm-hmm. Totally. And it's all tied to the feedback cycle. Right. Yep. The more feedback people get. The more engaged they're going to be. I mean, any performance review conversation, they're always stressful. But unfortunately, they just, we got to do them. Mm-hmm. And it, that's just part of the game. And we can't escape them. And so today, we're going to close out our season with a double dose of secrets. We're going to talk about how you can prepare for your mid-year review and how corporations can develop better performance review processes as they communicate with their employees. 
Yeah. And here are the three secrets, you know, I should say that we'll share today on what you can do to prepare, you know, for your mid-year performance review and set yourself up for the second half of the year. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, again, we don't which, what we don't want you to do is to go through the year. Oh, yeah. Thinking you you had it figured out. Yep. And only to get a surprise. Right. Mm-hmm. So secret number one is. Get complete clarity and alignment on accomplishments to date and any challenges that may be impacting goal achievement. Mm -hmm. Number two, get complete clarity and alignment on goals that are no longer relevant or high priority, as well as challenges or uh, resources that need to be addressed to help you meet your goals. And again, given, you know, all of the the things that we've gone through in the last couple of years with COVID, this is extremely important. Mm -hmm. And finally, the third one is, Candid conversation on what you need to do, what you can control to be able to get, you know, to the next level. Mm -hmm. So secret number one, this is so important. Get complete clarity and alignment on accomplishments to date and any challenges that may be impacting you in achieving those goals. Y'all know my mantra, control your performance before it controls you. I've said it a lot of times. And mid-year reviews are time to get absolute clarity on how you are performing because that narrative, as we've talked about, will likely carry for the rest of the year. It's hard to change that narrative once it gets started. So understand and agree on what's been accomplished so far with your boss, how your performance is measuring up against the success criteria that you put in place at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and have that candid conversation and alignment on any challenges that have emerged that may be impacting you in terms of your ability to perform better or reach those goals. If you're not having that, it's going to be real hard to change the narrative in terms of your overall performance when it gets to the end of the year and your coin is on the line. Yeah. No, that's key, Keith. I mean, I appreciate you bringing it up as the first secret because, again, I mean, we can't come in with no surprises. That's I mean, right. We don't, we, we don't advocate for surprises on your leaders' part, but we also don't, we don't suggest surprises on our part, you know, as the employee, you know, also. Like secret number two, like we we ask you just to get complete clarity. And I know people joke around with me all the time who've worked with me when I say, look, I, I'm trying to get absolute clarity. Yes. <laughs> you yes. don't want things right here, but get complete clarity and alignment on goals that are no longer relevant or high priority, as well as challenges or resources that need to be addressed to help you meet the uh meet your goals. I mean, this is important to setting you up for success in the second half of the year. Like get clarity and alignment on what still needs to be true or what is or isn't relevant or high priority or, you know, what needs to be revised or removed as priorities. Are there new goals that need to be added? What resources and support need to reach are needed to reach your goals for the rest of the year? What obstacles or challenges may impact importance what new skills or knowledge do I need to obtain to hit the goals? And if if the last few years haven't put you in the right mindset with, you know, COVID and this mm-hmm. and uh, the 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 supply chain, yes. you know, so to speak, I don't know what else it will take, you know, for you, right. right? Like these are this is why you have to be like supremely secure with what can you do mm-hmm. to influence your money. Absolutely. Okay, what can you do to influence 
the result. What's in your span of control? Because again, we can't control COVID. Well, we can control COVID per se, but ultimately we can't control what the supply chain does. Absolutely. We can't control all, all of these things. We can control our own personal you know, a uh, level of um, accountability, yep. you know, so to speak. We can't control all that other stuff. Absolutely. But again, you have to be prepared to talk about some of these things at your mid-year review when it comes to you trying to figure out how to recalibrate some of your current goals. Oh, for sure. For sure. And that whole whole pivot during COVID, I mean, you think about some people that never work remotely in their lives. Right. So right. learning, just learning the tools of how to work remotely with, with Zoom or Google Meet or whatever, you know, uh, thing that you're using for video conferencing, mm -hmm. again, with the supply chain, how does that impact your business? Think about the inflation that's going off the chain right now. How do all of those things impact your business, your customers, your pocketbook, all those things that you have to pivot and react to. And that's why the mid-year review is so important. And secret number three, again, this is the opportunity to have that candid conversation on your boss on what you need from your boss, right? This is the opportunity to recalibrate with your boss on how they can pitch in to ensure your success. This is where you put it on the line. Say, so this is what I need from you. Mm -hmm. If you need more feedback, ask for it. If you need more resources, ask for it. If you need more training, ask for it. If you need your boss to do more or less of something, this is the time to tell them, right? This is the time to really get aligned with your boss so that the next six months are good. <laughs> and you're not just getting meet expectations or needs improvement. Right. On your performance evaluation, because, you know, at the end of the day, that's what's going to affect your pocketbook. So you're trying to get yourself set up. Again, this is the stuff that you can control. Yes. <laughs> you know, which is like the key piece of this, right? This is stuff that you can absolutely control. And I appreciate you taking the time to kind of talk about the intersectionality between those items, right? Mm -hmm. But again, I think those are great personal secrets. Mm -hmm. Absolutely great personal secrets. We also have three secrets that companies can implement to improve the mid-year performance review process, yeah. right? Because again, I know a lot of companies old, young, whatever mm -hmm. it is within their sphere of maturity, always have something that they want to point out there, right? But at this point, I want to kind of really talk about like what companies can do mm -hmm. to kind of lead this charge, yes. you know, as it comes to this, right? So secret number one for companies mm -hmm. to do, corporate America, is provide feedback that is actionable. Yes. Don't give me some shit <laughs> that's just like- some shit I can't do nothing yeah, with. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> some shit that's like actionable, right? Give people something that they can do to course correct if they're not meeting expectations. We're talking mid-year. Right. Like at the end of the day, mm -hmm. if you don't, you got, you're just as responsible. If you don't tell somebody in the middle of the year so they can course yeah. correct and you can you're see just that they fixed it. Yeah. You're like waiting on the surprise, the aha, mm -hmm. you know, moment here. Right. Or something that they can double down on if things aren't going well. Like that's oh, yeah. your responsibility as leader and as corporate America. This is your opportunity to step up in support of your employees. Mm -hmm. You want them to be successful. So recognize accomplishments, adjust goals to help ensure success for the rest of the year, adjust development plans to account for the gaps. Yeah. You know, there, right? This is all we're saying. This, this is, is the first thing. This is the sport. <laughs> this is like 
management 101. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> you right. Know? That's right. You can't control everything, but when things happen that are out of your sphere or span of control, make adjustments. Make in-game adjustments. Absolutely. Call a timeout. Call a timeout. Call a timeout. Mm-hmm. And secret number two for corporations is you probably want to include an employee self-assessment as part of your yeah. mid-year review process. It don't have to be done at the end of the year, but the mid-year is really critical for that because that's going to give you some insight on how employees are feeling about their performance and what potential gaps are there and just give you that insight. And it will provide a better basis to have those conversations about performance and potential course corrections or developmental opportunities for the rest of the year because this is really all about supporting your employee for success. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're sitting there and hoping your employee should fail, is going to fail, want them to fail, that's a whole different ball game and a whole different mindset and processes that you should be going through if you think your employees are going to fail, right? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. you need to put them on a, a performance improvement plan or something else. Don't surprise motherfuckers at the mid-year performance review or the in, year-end one. With some yeah. stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, ah, I got you, right? You know, at the end right. of the day, I got you. Keach didn't have nothing to say because I surprised his ass. Right, you surprised his ass because you hadn't talked about any of this a- beforehand. Any of this stuff beforehand, yeah, right. exactly. You know, look. In secret number three, look, we gave this one in episode twenty, but we have to say it again because it's just that important. Don't wait to do everything at the end of the year or mid year, right? Like, mm-hmm. look, we know. There's other things that are important, but we talk about how talent is so important and how cultivating this talent and how, you know, setting up your succession plans are important. But you got to have regular check-ins and feedback mechanisms to discuss the performance. Yeah. I mean, look, Keith, you and I have both been in conversations with leaders where we're like, we come up with, with decisions in the 11th hour. We're like, hey. If you need me to write a review, let me do that for you so that I can help you articulate yep. or validate or verify, mm-hmm. you know, my increase yes. or what my contributions have been to the organization. And the leaders that might say, oh, no, no, there's no need for you to do that. And all of a sudden you get some fine print fuckery mm-hmm. that happens in the 11th hour. All the you time. Know, you're like, wait, 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 excuse me? That's right. You know, then it's like, Keith, you're being too emotional. That's right. I'm going to need you to like- <laughs> to Calm settle. down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, I'm trying to help you, buddy. That's right. Hey, if you don't want the, the feedback, I'm trying to give you feedback. You're not accepting the feedback correctly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if we rewind or backtrack or zoom out just a little bit, there's a reason behind this because- we haven't been doing the regular check-ins. Yes. Okay. And we didn't talk about some of these things that you're now going to present to me, which are going to come across as a surprise. Absolutely. And we just gave the receipt. <laughs> 60% of people want daily or weekly feedback. Exactly. That means 300, 300 times, 52 times. Yeah, yeah, and you talk about one or two times. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's a Total disconnect there. Yeah, I mean, we're thinking about, look, there's 27 pay periods in the year. Yeah. Okay, so if you just gave people feedback 27 times. Right. Or if you even halved that. Half that once a month. And gave them feedback. Like, that's all you got to do as a good leader to put people in the right point of view or perspective into how they're doing. Right. And as, as an employee, you got 27 times. 
within 356 days in mm-hmm. the year mm-hmm. to be able to like showcase what you've been able to accomplish. Yep. To talk about what you did to track your performance, mm-hmm. to track your results, you know, to be able to do that stuff. So it's it's twofold. It's here. twofold. It's it twofold. goes both ways. It's absolutely twofold. But as a leader, as a manager, you and I have been leading people for like 25, 30 years, yep. man, right? Yep. It is your responsibility to set the stage yes. for what is to be expected. No doubt. And so Hopefully, y'all found those secrets uh, to be impactful for you and something that you could actually take action on today, because that's what we're really trying to do. And you can find more resources on the secrets we shared today, as well as the receipts, by going to our website, secrets.com, and looking Mm -hmm. in those show notes uh, for this episode. And look, I just want to give a shout out to all of our listeners and fans out there. We have made all of this possible because of you. Okay, without you, we wouldn't have been able to do any of this stuff. Season four has been another one for the record books. We have 20,000 plus listeners, and we are continuing to grow. Because I know some of y'all still trying to get caught up. Okay, (laughs) And we appreciate it. We appreciate it, right? And look, we want to just ask you all just to help your brothers out, right? And continue to write those Apple reviews. We're going to start calling those out in season five. We're going to actually read reviews online, <laughs> live, you know, for whoever wrote them. But, you know, I know a lot of y'all use your alias, your secret name. We're going to read that stuff out for Apple or Spotify. Join us on the LinkedIn groups and comment on our posts and all uh, of your favorite social media channels. Like, just utilize all of that because, again, we want to make sure that your voices, you know, are heard and that this secrets brand just continues to grow. Absolutely. And we talked about that in Thought Leadership 2.0. It's like, take that post and comment on it. Share it because that'll help you and it'll help us at the end of the day. Also, check out our merchandise. We've been adding new designs as mm-hmm. the season has gone on. You know, people are looking good. They've been sharing stuff, you know, Instagram and and LinkedIn and other places. They just text us with a picture or whatever in that gear. And we really appreciate it. And we just keep on adding more and more and more. But here again, we're closing out the season right now. Again, we have a goal of getting people $50 million in total compensation increases. I don't know where we are. I ain't looked at it in a minute. But I'm going to just have to say we're probably hitting that that 4 to $5 million mark mm-hmm. as we wrap up the season here in terms of getting people total comp increases. So we're going to do the math while we go on break, y'all, So to get you a new number. Yeah, no, we're <laughs> right. trying to get that, that paper favorite. Like like, like uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony said, got to get that money, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to get that money, man. That's you right. Know, but as we close this season, we want to remind you that, again, you ain't crazy. You, you are not crazy. crazy. We have had so many amazing amazing guests this season whose stories hopefully pointed that out to you loud and clear. Loud and clear. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when as we reach out to that network and you can, o- you can always count on your secrets village, if you need some reassurance, we got you. We got you. You know what I'm saying? We got so many people who are involved in so many different things. I mean, we have folks who are like, well, I'm not an executive yet or I'm not a VP. It don't matter. Once you're in the village, we're trying to lift you up. At the end of the day, this is about- We got you. This is about being able to advocate for yourself, but this is about generational wealth. This really is something something much larger than 
Keith and Ricky, mm-hmm. or you as a listener. This is about like our offspring. This is about like your grandbabies. This is about the, what goes on after you. We want to try to make sure that we put the things in place so all people have to do is lift and land. That's right. I agree. And it's what's happened in all the previous 79 episodes. Ricky and drank all my shit up. Yeah, well, look, y'all, it look was over that. here. It was from me. It was, I thought it was community property. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to have to get out of here and refill these cups. So y'all have a good summer. And we'll see you again for season five in about six weeks. And as always, thanks for listening to Seekers. We appreciate y'all more than you could ever know. And remember, when we share you transform. Peace. Take care, everybody. Filling up this cup. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed yet another gem from KP and PR. In fact, one listener said that Secrets continues to share the inside story on how to truly accomplish your corporate ambitions, and we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please subscribe to our podcast, share with friends, donate via Patreon, and sign up for our executive coaching services. Check us out at www.c-crets.com to get more information about our secret services. Remember, when they share, you transform. Until next time, cheers! Cheers!